0: Welcome to the Spirit Truth Worship Podcast, where we talk about leading your church and leading your team in biblically formed worship. What is up, worship leaders? My name is Dalton Schaefer, and this is my channel, Spirit Truth. And today, uh, I've got a really special guest. And so Adam Westlake from the Worship Initiative. What's up, man? Hey, how's it going, man? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, man, it's going well. I'm super glad to have you on the channel today. Uh, And, you know, we're just getting to know each other. We've been talking a little bit today, Uh, but we have a lot of mutual friends, actually. And so we didn't even bring this up before, but uh, some guys like Jake Briggs and Aaron Williams
1: um, and those guys as well. Aaron was in Dallas last week hanging out with Shane Heath. So he swung by the office and brought us coffee from Onyx and everything.
0: Oh, nice. Onyx, some Arkansas coffee, man. I love that. Yeah, Aaron uh, is—you used to be my boss at my church. He was our head worship leader. We've written, uh, I think, three songs together, and so I I love Aaron. He's a great songwriter. Shout out to them, Dwell. Uh, My wife actually works for Dwell right now, and so Aaron's her boss, and so. Um, Well, very cool. Yeah, well, man, we want to jump in today. We're going to talk uh, about tips, not only for worship leaders, but for worship teams. And so stick around throughout the whole video. These are going to be some awesome tips that if you're watching this and you're on a worship team, you might uh, actually send this to your worship leader, or if you're the worship leader, you might want to send this to your worship team uh, because it's going to be really helpful for both of you. Uh, But man, we want to talk a little bit, just let people know who you are and kind of what you do. And so I already said you work at the worship initiative. For those of you who don't know what that is, uh, it is a website with training resources, song tutorials, uh, heart tutorials, like things to help you be a pastor. Uh, If you want to grow in your musical ability, there's stuff for that. If you want to grow in your understanding of scripture, there's things for that. Uh, It's an amazing resource that I've used ever since I started leading worship. It was actually the first place I went uh, when I started leading worship almost, man, almost seven years ago. I mean, it was like early on in in the uh, worship initiative days. and so. Uh so I've been using that for a long time and it's been so helpful. But uh tell us a little bit about what you do there now, how you've been involved, and in, uh just a little bit about that.
1: Yeah. Well man, thanks again for having me on. I've been uh I've been a part of kind of the Worship Initiative ecosystem, the Weco system, uh for about five years, five and a half years. Uh I graduated from college and just sort of accidentally got connected with the Shane's. Uh interning for a buddy of mine who they hired to come do some work for them and ended up just sort of getting to help out on records and by like setting up microphones and then I've started playing for a couple of years and then I came on the team two and a half three years ago and I've kind of we all wear a lot of different hats just because we're a small team we're growing a little bit now to where we get to sort of specialize and narrow our focus but um, I give kind of primary or like most of my time is spent um in sort of the worst initiative music like album land so i my title is audio manager which means i am in charge of making sure things get captured well and then i kind of oversee the editing and mixing process of the albums and then there's a guy that i work with here named Corey, who is so much smarter than me it's crazy um, and he handles a lot of audio stuff too. He is so good at his job that he, and so technically proficient that he le- frees me up to kind of be an airhead and be really artsy and all that. Cause he can handle all the nuts and bolts. So I just give a lot of oversight to, to kind of the recording and making of music and then help give oversight, um, to some training resources and just sort of general, like 10% of my time is on that. Another 10% of my time is, brainstorming with the team on like where we're going, helping execute vision.
0: Yeah, I love that, man. Yeah, if you watch any of the videos, I mean you may see uh him playing guitar or uh tracking different stuff. I I love watching all y'all stuff that you put out. Uh man, I actually learned how to play keys uh from watching like start to finish. I started learning uh at the very beginning of twenty twenty. And now I- I'm leading from keys tonight for our youth group. And so That's amazing. Uh, man, it's a great if you want to learn a new craft, it's a great place to go. Um and yeah, and that's Shane and Shane. He said the Shane's and you also said you wear a lot of hats. And I'll just I'll just plug this man. Shane and Shane hat. They got a lot of merch and uh, no matter what hat they're wearing, it's going to have some Shane and Shane logo. Gonna, Shane, E loves them a good logo. Come on, man. I love it. Well, uh, like we said, so glad to have you on the channel. Uh, and you serve not only as a guitar player. I think you play some keys too. I've seen I do maybe, a little bit. Maybe I watched a live stream from your church during quarantine. Are you at Northway church?
1: Yeah, the Northway church. So what yeah. used to be the Dallas campus of the village, we rolled off 2019. And tomorrow in church, it's great. I love it. Been there for almost nine years. Very
0: cool, man. I love that. And so you served as a guitar player, keys player. You've also led worship up front. You do some singing and leading. So you've kind of sat in both seats. And so I think you have a unique perspective on uh, the conversation we're going to have today. But what we're going to talk about is basically as someone who has served in both roles and has served with some great worship leaders like uh, Shane and Shane, uh, what are some best practices? So kind of from the back, what are some tips you have for worship leaders? Some things that maybe you've seen great worship leaders, maybe the worship leader at uh, at your church now or Shane and Shane um, or whoever you've served with in the past, you know, what are some of the best things that you've seen them do to help set you up for success? And so you can just talk yeah. about that for a little
1: while. Man, that's a great question. And there's such a, a broad spectrum of kind of Best practices or not best practices yes, or yes. Um, ways of doing things, um, and so yeah, I've had a chance to work with or be a part of uh, a lot of different teams, and so man, I think the thing that from there, there's almost maybe two pers- or two kind of lanes that people come at these things in, and when both of them are strong, or when I've found uh, teams to flourish, and when one's lacking in one area or when one's lacking there's maybe there's the team seems out of balance in some ways so hmm. uh, i would say those two areas would really be the sort of like pastoral side and the practical side yeah. and so not that being a pastor isn't practical but uh it would be the the shepherding side and the songs side like yeah. um caring for people and setting up people well to do the things that we're asking them to do and so um people like uh michael Bleeker, who used to be at the village and is at citizens now people like grant mccurdy who's at the village now josh duncan at northway logan walter um those those people the thing that has just made it such a joy to serve with them and underneath their leadership is both of these things feel really strong so there's really good preparation on their end in terms of Here's the songs we're doing. Here's what key we're doing them in. Here's the right recording that's attached in planning center. Here's the right chord chart that's accurate. It's the chord chart for the version that's linked. There's just some of those like pragmatic nuts and bolts things that uh, is not super like artsy and creative and fun, but like sets all the structures up for when you're all together to get to do artsy, creative, fun things. Uh, And also just sets your team up to not be distracting and you're you're removing distractions from ever even having the option of coming up in some ways um but if you emphasize that too much then what happens is you can almost sort of feel like as a team member man i feel like this worship leader has got a little bit of an iron fist on this is exactly what we're doing don't change it don't and it's like and it feels like i'm more just a cog in the machine of making things awesome for what they want to do instead of like man i'm a part of this church and under them as a pastor or minister before i'm a volunteer and i feel more like i'm just a resource to be utilized than a person to be loved mm. um so but so that's the practical side when it's really healthy the team feels prepared and feels cared for feels ready to go if it's only that and no relationship and no shepherding, then it's, oh, I'm just here to make this thing that you want to be awesome, awesome. Um, oh, the other side is the pastoral side, and as a member first, before I'm ever a volunteer, God's given charge over the elders at my church and the ministers to to serve me in some ways and to shepherd me. and uh, I feel really cared for and valued as a person, and like, man, feel valued and cared for by the Lord through these people. And it makes serving like man, I can't wait to do this. These people have so blessed me and the Lord's blessing me through them. I want to bless the Lord and bless the the congregation through serving. Um and so that's what like I think healthy sort of the pastoral side looks like. But if it's only that and it's just like man, I just love you and I just want to make sure you're good then but there's no preparation on like the practical just logistical side, then it's almost like I get that you like me, but it's really frustrating being around you when we're doing this because I'm confused and we're wasting time and we're getting up super early on Sundays and it's just like frustrating. I don't really want to do it anymore. Uh, And so that healthy balance of pastoral and practical, I would say is what has made anybody that I've worked with or served with uh, a, a really fun experience.
0: Yeah, man, that's so good. I love that you say pastoral and practical. Uh, we say something at our church a lot and it's something that our whole team picked up when we went through the 10,000 Fathers Worship School with Aaron Keys. Yeah. Uh, and it's this idea of character and competency. And it's yeah. really, really similar where uh, we kind of have these like four quadrants and it's like you have high character and high competency and that's up in, in the corner. You have low character, low competency, and then obviously yeah. the other two. Mm-hmm. Um but, you know, we talk about if you have a high character, uh, you're really pastoral and relational, but you have low competency. Maybe you're not good at setting up in and, and the practical side of getting the music ready. Uh, then we talk about, you know, you you're limited in a lot of ways in how God can use you and, it, and God can use anybody and, and he will. Um, but doors aren't always open to those people in the same way. It's like there are some practical aspects of worship leadership. That uh, Mm -hmm. if you're just not able to do them, then you're not going to be able to lead in some spaces. Uh, But yet on the other side, if you have really high competency, but low character, uh, then you're really dangerous. You might have a lot of doors open to you. uh, And man, you're the most talented guy ever. And you get elevated to this position. And yet your team feels like they're just a cog in the machine and Mm -hmm. like, they don't really have any value outside of accomplishing what you want to do. Uh, and so we call that dangerous. And then, but when you're high in both, you know, we would say that's unlimited in the ways that God could use you. You'll have doors open. You're going to, your team's going to flourish. Uh, and then we always kind of joke if you have low character and low competency, you're just kind of irrelevant for <laughs> for the worship leader conversation. It's like you really should not be allowed to lead. You're not able to sing, play, lead a band, love people. You, re- <laughs> you really don't have a lot of, uh, God can redeem that though if you're in that zone you feel like you don't have those skills keep watching videos like this and grow and go get on the worship initiative and start growing in both of those things so you guys have uh not only training crafts for music but heart heart training yep. which i love craft training heart yep. training but um man that's so good um anything else for tips for worship i mean that was so good i mean i don't know if there's anything left to say but uh or we can move on and talk more about um you know tips for your worship team you know what are some things now uh you know hopefully worship leaders your your practical and pastoral in the way you approach your team uh but now for those who are on your team you know how can we shepherd uh, maybe it's something for worship leaders to shepherd their team, or maybe they can just send this video and listen to you do it because you're doing a great job. Um, but what are some tips for the worship team? You know, what are some ways we can, you know, if we're playing keys or drums, or maybe we serve in the tech booth? You know, what are some things about our heart and preparation that's going to help set our worship leaders up well, set our congregations up well, help us engage in worship so that we're not just going through the motions? Yeah, what do you have on that, man?
1: Man, I mean, you can talk about that for so long. Yeah, Uh, something that I've been kind of exploring recently um, as I've been reading through scripture is thinking about the idea of uh, the priesthood of all believers. And I think we we talk about that of like anybody can like love and serve and evangelize, which is true. Uh, That's part of what that is. Um, But I also have been like, man, but the word priesthood was used in a really on purpose way and so just understanding okay well what did priests do uh in the old testament and really what you see and i think it's places like ezekiel 44 and some other places is like man what the priests did was they stood before the presence of god and they served him they yeah. uh some other uh folks that i love and listen to will talk use the language of like ministry to the lord acts yeah. 13 uses that language and so that idea of man what what we're doing is uh, we're, we're seeking to serve and bless God, um, and minister to his heart. Really. We really actually can, I think sometimes out of an, a fear of making it sound like we don't believe in justification by faith. Uh, we shy away from things like, man, we really actually can do things that make God happy. And we really can do things that make bring a smile to his face and like joy to his heart. And so I think glad, like glad hearted service with whatever it is, like there were some priests who stood in the Holy of Holies and ministered. There were some who were doorkeepers. There were some who were the slaughter guys. There were some who were the like lampstand guys and they all served before the presence of God and sort of maintained the house. And so if we're all like Peter would say, living stones being built into a house for God, then in some ways my role as a priest is how can I serve the house that God's building, which is the people that he's called me into community with. And so whatever role I'm serving in is for the sake of um, Ephesians 4 would say so that the body would build itself up in love into Christ who is the head. And so whatever the role is, uh, that's what everybody's doing. And so uh, whether that's tech or whatever, I think preparation is a way to honor the Lord and the people in leadership by saying, man, you, this is a valuable thing that we're doing. And I want to communicate and show that it's valuable and treat it as such in my preparation and in my promptness and in my, whatever it might be. So. Dude, that
0: is so good, man. So preparation. Yeah. We can kind of take that more practical. Like what does, what does preparation look like for you? You're getting ready to, I don't know, maybe it's recording a, a live service or uh, you're doing your Sunday morning uh, stuff at Northway. What is what is preparation for you going to look like?
1: Uh, it really depends on the songs for me at this point, because I've been playing the songs for so long that like okay. I used to practice and memorize every single thing every week. And now I've like they're just kind of stored in my brain. Yep. Uh, but I think it looks like making sure there are notes there or not notes on planning center. Hey, we're cutting this. Hey, I want the keys to handle this uh, instead of guitar. Like I'm just trying to make sure for every item that I'm in some way interacting with, I know for sure what's going on. And then if I have questions then I'm reaching out. And so that looks like learning parts. That looks like listening, like for electric guitar there's like a blog that I wrote on the website that's called like listening for more than just notes. It's like, what, Mm. what is the tone? What, what is it? An eighth note delay or a dotted eighth note delay? Like learning to listen for those things so that I'm doing, um, you can't vary and improv and shift things if you don't have like the original thing to vary off of. Yeah. And so I just want to make sure I just learn the record first Yeah, where I'm like, but I want to do my art, man. Uh, and so I just always kind of start there because you can't have a variation on a theme until you actually have a theme. And so, oh man, dude, take me back
0: to my, uh, my undergrad music major days, the theme and variations. Um, that's good, man. No, I love that. Yeah. Learn, learn the parts. And then, uh, it's what, what I'm hearing too, is that there's been, uh, it's not just the weekly preparation there's some long-term preparation. There are years of playing guitar and learning music theory and mm-hmm. inversions. And you've learned some of the craft of mm-hmm. uh, playing guitar and keys so that when you approach a Sunday, man, there's already a lot there. Like you've already learned a lot of the songs, you've memorized parts. You also just know, oh, there's a high inversion here. You're not having to learn how to pick out the notes of that. right? And
1: so, um,
0: I think and if that's you're not there, that's most
1: people, I would say, and not like I'm awesome and I'm not most people, but like most people don't have the luxury of like their day job being music. Like most people that are serving at church are like, I use the illustration of like the 42 year old accountant with three kids. Like they don't have time, nor should they maybe, to like become so proficient and like they've memorized all this stuff. So it's like, that's why we created we create what we do at the worship initiative is for the people who are like, man, I just need, I want to learn more than just notes. I don't want to just be a mimic. I want to be a musician, but sometimes I need to just learn the part because my kids are freaking out and I have 46 minutes to practice for this Sunday. And so we've tried to create resources for people who are kind of in those like normal people ways of life yeah man
0: dude, I love that so much because I think in one aspect it's like it's okay to be a volunteer at a team and have a family and take care of your family first yeah. and if taking care of your family and making sure you do your job and that your family's provided for and that you're shepherding them spiritually and all the things that go into being uh part of a family unit yeah. like if you can take care of that and it only leaves you a few minutes uh one that's, that's okay. And that's good. You need to take care of your family. But two, there's also ways that you can still do things with excellence in a way where it doesn't, you know, saying like, I have to take care of my family doesn't become almost like an excuse for like, Oh, you know, God's not worth me doing yada, yada, or, you know, miss notes. I I always tell people, you know, we, we really lean into uh, it's a, it's a quote from John Piper and I've heard other guys like Bob Coughlin talk about this, but undistracting excellence yeah. Uh, if you use the word "undistracting" in a word document, it'll tell you it's misspelled. <laughs> undistracting excellence, um, and it's it's not so flashy and impressive that it distracts people, um, but it's also not misnotes. notes. You know I think of. Uh, I mean, we're reading the scripture. And we're reading Ephesians 2, that we were dead in our trespasses and sins in which we once walked. We are following the course uh, of the world, the power of the prince of the air, the spirit. Ah, and you hear this wrong note and you're like, whoa, what just happened? Right. It's like uh, all of a sudden it's like the the power behind, not that the scripture is not still powerful because it is uh, in a, um, Isaiah 55 says his word goes forth and it doesn't return to him empty. It accomplishes all his purpose for it to do. Uh, but we want people to hear the word and not hear the missed notes. Um, right. and so I think providing some of these things, I have, I found out I was playing lead electric, uh, several months ago for a service like Wednesday afternoon, right before our youth service started. And I literally had 30 minutes to learn four songs. And I pulled up the worship initiative and all the songs were on there and I was able to learn note for note. You could slow it down. So, I mean, really helpful resources. This is becoming a little bit of a commercial for the worship initiative. I just really believe in what you guys are doing. Um, And so, yeah, I mean, I think that there are ways and, you know, through resources like you and, and other people have other resources Uh, as well. But there are ways that we can still um, bring God our best and do things in a way that's undistracting. It doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be, you know, performance, quote unquote. Um, And it doesn't have to be for our own glory, you know, but it can be excellent to the glory of of the Lord. And So, man, I I just love that. I think that's super helpful. Um, Yeah. Any, any other maybe closing thoughts on that? Or
1: I think uh, like as, as, like Ephesians four, we had talked about like the role of pastors is to equip the saints to do the work of ministry. And I think sometimes, uh, worship leaders uh, get, get, there's a, there's this real pressure of, uh, like kind of keeping up with the, the Joneses a little bit, keeping up with the, the Bethel passion elevation Joneses of the world. Um, and what, out of a desire to do that, what can sometimes happen is we put this sort of like the fulfillment of that desire we put the pressure of that on to volunteers we put it on the we put that on the forty two year old volunteer who has three kids and a full time job um, and man how how crushing that could be, or just how um that's just that could be a pastoral miss of like there's so much. I say this as somebody who like creates music or the church is like I'm, my, my whole fear is like building a table that Jesus would flip over. Uh, and so much of that is not the what that I'm doing, but the why behind what I'm doing. And so I just think if we can resource people with things like what we do or what other people do, um, as a way to serve our people and say like, Hey, I want to remove as much as many roadblocks as possible for you to like be able to serve and do it well. Um, that's great. But if it's like you buy a worse initiative subscription, because you're like, I'm tired of my team sucking. And I want them to be better. Like that might not be a win. And so I think it's just a really important thing to keep in front of us of like resources to develop. I just, I'm really over the like excellence conversation because I think people, can be really quick to hide behind. Well, I just want it to be excellent as a reason to put undue expectations on people, uh, yeah. and so I want it to be. I want people to be excellent pastors and ministers to like to one another and to the Lord first. And I think a way to do that is through preparation and resourcing. But the yeah. prep, like, I just don't want it to be like, these people honor me with their resources and their hearts are far from me, kind of thing.
0: Mm, man. Dude, I, you said something, uh, when, when you just said, you know, it's almost like, you know, the keeping up with the Joneses, it's like, Mm -hmm. I think, I think you put words to something that a lot of worship leaders feel, but are unwilling to admit, uh, because it would expose an idol in our own hearts. And I, Mm -hmm. and I'll be the first to admit that, like, I share this with my team. Um, like I'm not perfect and I have, uh, unpure motives, you know, who can ascend the hill of the Lord? It's him who has clean hands. Right. Right. Pure yeah. heart who does not lift up his soul to what is false. And I'll just say, that's not me. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it's any of us. Um, we, we come to the Lord with unpure motives. And yet our worship is made perfect. It is perfected by the blood of Christ. And he gives us clean hands. It was his hands that were clean. Yeah. His heart that was pure. He never lifted up his soul. Uh, to what is false, and he ascended right. the hill of the Lord, but it was the hill of Calvary. <laughs> like he went to the cross, and uh, it is now through his sacrifice that our um, our motives can be made pure and our worship can be perfected. And so, I think it's okay uh, when we when we're, we when we get to the point where we can look at our team and say, "Hey, I'm sorry, I have I have asked too much of you,
1: mm-hmm. and I've
0: asked it because I'm selfish." Yeah, I've asked too much of you and I've done it because I thought if our music was really good and cool, I would feel better about my leadership. Yeah. And when you confess that the Lord actually cleanses us of all unrighteousness. When right. you confess your sin, he's faithful and he's just, uh, he doesn't just forgive you. He cleanses you. And so I think a lot of worship, maybe you're watching this right now, worship leader or worship team member. And, and that mm-hmm. resonates with you. It resonates with me and you just need to confess that to the Lord uh, and maybe to your team and maybe look at ways it's in, I, you know, I think you can still pursue, um, serving the Lord really well, um, in a way that's more honoring. Like I'm with you, man, our, I don't want our hearts to be far from the Lord, that the Lord would hear our worship. Uh, yeah. and he would say like, I detest this worthless worship.
1: Yeah. Um, well, the temptation never, like, for that's never been higher because now everybody's services are on the internet. And we're all able to go back and look at them and be like, how awesome was that? Or how out of tune was that? Or, oh my gosh, it doesn't sound like theirs. And it's like, man, there were really, that was Jesus's whole problem with the Pharisees was that it was awesome. But like the outside of the cup was really clean and shiny and everybody loved it and thought it was great. Um, But the inside wasn't. And so I just... I, we create things like we do because we want to help people grow and remove distractions and those kinds of things, but never at the expense of honoring him with our lips and our hearts being far from him. Yeah, man, dude, that's so good.
0: I'll I'll close with this one thought and we can kind of wrap up. I'll do some rapid fire questions here in a second. Um, the solution to the hard heartedness of many worship leaders, myself included at times, uh, isn't to you know throw out practicing and it isn't to throw out doing things you know well the solution is to seek jesus and so if we think that we can just like change our actions uh, that actually doesn't change our hearts Uh, but the thing that changes our hearts is lifting our eyes and beholding the glory of christ revealed in the scriptures uh, and revealed powerfully i think when we gather as a church i love you know that you know people have been able to do online worship but there's something different about incarnational uh, ministry when you're in person, you're gathered with the church, you hear the word of God preached, and you edify the body by singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs that are full of the word, that it would dwell in us richly. Uh, and when we do that, the scripture says that we behold the glory of the Lord and we are transformed into his image, one degree of glory to the next. And so I just encourage you, man, if, if something here today and you're you're watching this at, at you know, wherever you find it, um man, seek the Lord first. Don't seek him after Uh, you get all your stuff done. Don't wake up and start your day and and get everything done. And if there's a little bit of time left, seek the Lord, wake up and seek the Lord. And if you have 23 hours of things to do in a day with 24 hours and you can only get one hour of sleep, you know, maybe, maybe you need to reprioritize your day. Uh, If that's where you feel like you're at, you're so busy. You don't have time for the Lord because we'll get to the end of our lives and, and we'll meet with the Lord. And I don't think he'll say, man, I'm so glad you did all of those things, but never met with me. Mm-hmm. But I just don't think that that'll be the case.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I worry sometimes that, that it'll be like Matthew 7 and we'll meet with the Lord and we'll say, hey, didn't I uh, lead a worship team for you? And didn't I you know, prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name? And whatnot? I small group leader? Wasn't I a worship pastor? And he'll say, away from me, you worker of lawlessness. I never knew you. Uh, and I think that temptation is, is huge for worship leaders specifically because, you know, we say it's all about Jesus and I say this a lot, but we got on a platform, we put spotlights in our face, we put a microphone in front of us and we look like rock stars. And then we say, it's not about us. Yeah. Um, and it can really quickly become about us, but man, this got, this got really good. This is uh, I'm we're going to cut this off because we could keep going. Yeah. Um, but man, thank you so much. I want to hit you with just a couple of questions. Yeah. some fun ones, maybe some that'll go uh, a little deep again, but real fast. But what is your favorite worship song right now?
1: Uh, oh man. Um, I like, there's an old Jason Upton song. I'm pulling it up on my phone. Uh, Oh, I like studied and held from Vineyard Anaheim. Catherine Scott is one of my heroes. Uh, I like the song in close from that album that Paul Aaron sings, but there is a song by Jason Upton. Called Seek First that I really like. Cool.
0: Love it. I'll have to check that out, man. Um, one of my favorites right now, and this is just like my favorite changes like by the minute. But we led uh, we've been leading Holy is Our God by Austin Stone. Yeah. And uh, nice. man, powerful oh, moment yeah. this weekend. It's been a really good one. Um, all right, gear talk. Favorite piece of gear. Like, what's the piece of gear you can't go without right now?
1: Live or studio? Ooh,
0: uh, one of each.
1: Uh, Live. I bought a new uh, Gretsch that I really like. It's called Broadcaster. It's green. It matches my couch at my house. Uh, Studio. This would work if you're doing live streams too. Waves makes a plugin called the F6. It's an EQ plugin, and it's my favorite plugin ever in the world.
0: Amazing. Awesome. Go check that out. We run Waves at our church. Lots of plugins, lots of amazing plugins. And so, uh, okay, what really excites you that you see in the broader worship
1: culture right now? Um, an emphasis on uh, prayer and personal holiness more than production. Mm,
0: that is so good. What concerns you that you've seen in the larger worship culture right now?
1: a lack of prayer and personal holiness and an emphasis on production.
0: Dude, that was, uh, you couldn't have said that better just now.
1: Um, All right.
0: What's the funniest thing that's ever happened to you on stage leading worship, like something going wrong? Uh,
1: When I was in college, I was in a choir concert, and I hadn't eaten the day before. And I passed out within the first 15 seconds of the first song, and I had to be walked off stage.
0: Uh, I'm so sorry for laughing. I just didn't see that coming. No, it's
1: great. It's very funny.
0: Man, that's that's good. Um, all right. Uh, coffee or tea?
1: Coffee.
0: YouTube or Netflix? Uh,
1: YouTube.
0: All right. Those are my questions, man. Hey, thank you so much for coming on the channel. This was a joy to get to know you better. This was helpful for me. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll watch back. I, I, you could probably see a shift in my tone in, in the middle of this video when you kind of plucked at some some things that are really, uh, I mean, some, some things I'm really passionate about. And so super thankful uh, just for your pastoral heart. Uh, and all the resources you guys are putting out at the Worship Initiative. And I'll link some of this stuff below that we talked about, maybe a link to their website if you're interested. Uh, If someone wants to join the Worship Initiative, uh, what does that look like in terms of a commitment to them? Like, you know, cost, how much does that cost for someone? Yeah, you can sign up
1: for a free week. uh, They just explore hundred like everything on the site. It's not limited. So there's a free trial that you can take to see if it would work for you and your team. You can sign up for a monthly subscription. You can sign up for an annual subscription. Um, You can do that as an individual, or there's like, if you want to get it for X amount of people on your team, kind of scaling price, the more people that there are, the cheaper it gets per person over time. So it's good for individuals and for teams.
0: Yep. And if you get it annually, if you pay it all at once, there's a significant discount. I think it's like a 50% discount, uh, which is cool. It It works out to like 10 bucks a month. It's not expensive, totally worth it. I would say that's, One of the best things that you could do to invest in your leadership right now as a worship leader, both pastorally and practically. But Adam, thank you so much, man. Uh, We'll have to do this again. This was really fun. Thanks for listening to the Spirit Truth Worship Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and also subscribe to the YouTube channel. And go ahead and give this podcast a rating in whatever podcast player you're listening to it in. And we'll catch you in the next episode.